Hello, friends. When you decide to get married, what are some of the things you put the most stock in? It has been my experience, as limited as it is, that a lot of people put a great deal of importance on the location of where they're tying the knot. And for the most part, the place where you say your ida says a lot about how you view your wedding. It has also been my experience that the bride, not so much the groom, will be the one to say, I want my wedding here or there. But friends, let me be clear, your opinion on where you get married is as equally important as your intended's opinion or desire. The venue is one of the single most important places you will ever visit. That's not to say that you should stress yourself out about it, because, yeah, that's not a good thing either. But don't let the responsibility of choosing a venue fall solely on your intended shoulders. He or she slash they have a lot of other things going through their minds. So, now that the venue talk is covered, how do you help your intended choose a location for your wedding? That's the harder part. Here are some guidelines to help you work this out. A. Be aware of the season. 1. Spring, summer, and fall look for outdoor venues that will fit your design or desire. A lot of people try for a beach or park scene. Which is fantastic as long as it doesn't rain. If you choose one of these locations, check to make sure that there is a shelter of some type in case inclement weather pops up. 2. Winter you could go for outdoor as long as the venue has a heater or tent. If not, choose a location you can afford. If you can't afford it, don't go for the expensive one because a friend or a family member got married there. In this case, check out the home of that family member or friend and see if they'll host the ceremony. If not, check out the banquet rooms of local restaurants. Due to COVID, a lot of businesses are still hurting and would love to host if the price is right. And don't forget, some parks have shelter buildings that have large meeting rooms that can be converted into a ceremony slash reception hall. Another great place to check out is the local social club. Clubs like the Elks or Eagles have halls for rent and many have a kitchen that can be utilized. If all else fails, a quick ceremony by the river on a covered bridge, if you can find one, will work in a pinch. Just be aware of the weather forecast for that day. 3. The next and possibly most important issue with seasons are holidays. While June is typically viewed as the most popular month for weddings, people get married all the time. If you're going to get married on a holiday, it might cost you more. I charge $400 for a ceremony on a legal holiday, see the holiday pricing page posted on this site. The cost includes the date retainer fee but not the travel cost. If you're doing a themed wedding around a holiday like Halloween, be aware that it might cost even more depending on who you're using. A lot of wedding pros, officiants, florists, DJs and the like don't just keep the specifics you're possibly going to want. They will have to find, buy, and then possibly have them altered to fit the situation. For example, my Jedi robes are kept on my X-wing and my triples are being groomed. So I don't always have access to them. Oh, and my lightsaber is being serviced. So, I need some warning, just saying. B. The next thing to consider when choosing a venue is the cost. Remember, the most expensive venue doesn't always mean the best. With the more expensive venues come a lot of dos and don'ts. Be aware of what you can and cannot do. Many will allow for decorations, but they may be specific about what you can and cannot decorate with. For example, some places won't allow fresh flowers or latex balloons because of potential allergens. The same goes for food that you bring in or is catered for you. C. The next item on the list is the location. If money for rentals is a concern, choose a public location like a free park. 
A county or state park will require an entrance fee if you don't have a pass. Bear in mind, if your venue is a public location you're going to have to take into account the general public has access to it while you're there. A beach, park, or local landmark, like a lighthouse is going to have quite a bit of foot traffic. This means you're going to need someone who can stand there and inform the general public that the location is being used for a ceremony. On the other hand, you if you don't have the witnesses you need, invite a few walkabouts to stick around and sign the license. I recently told a couple who were concerned about finding witnesses that they could go to a local coffee house and ask a couple of people to witness their wedding for them. It might only cost them a gift of a coffee, maybe. A public location that requires a rental is going to be private for your event. But choose carefully. If you have a specific place in mind, and it is a popular place, you'll need to reserve that location weeks if not months in advance. D. Who is going to clean it up when you're done with your venue? Some places will have a crew who will come by after your event and make sure that it can be closed up. This is especially true of public locations that require a reservation. If you're just doing the ceremony at the location, it's a no-brainer. Do what we were taught as children. Pick up after yourself. If you're having a reception or party in that location after your ceremony then make sure you delegate a couple of somebodies to pick up both during the party and afterward. Let's face it, you're going to be too worn out to think about this. Oh, and by the way, if your party leaves a significant mess for the crews to clean up, you could end up paying for it. A lot of park systems have your credit card on file from when you rented the location. They can charge for extra cleaning of a location. Follow this very simple rule, make sure you leave your venue like you found it, if not cleaner. How do you do this and avoid the potential for extra charges? 1. If the venue is outdoors, then keep a bucket or two of soapy water tucked away so it can be dumped on the areas that get super messed up with spills. 2. Make sure the person or people responsible know to pick up all the trash. And where the dumpsters are if you need more room. Sometimes those 55-gallon barrel trash cans just don't cut it. 3. Take your decorations down. If you didn't put them up, then don't mess with them. If you didn't request the decorations, then ask the venue to remove them. And make sure you know the rules about this in case you can't get in touch with someone to ask about it. In the case of a pavilion, it's possible that the previous party forgot. But, you should get a number for emergency use to reach the venue caretaker, just in case. 4. Make sure all the tables, benches and park equipment are stowed inside if that is where you found them. If you move them, put them back. They don't necessarily have to be in the exact spot you moved them from, but if there were six picnic-style tables in the pavilion when you got there and you moved three outside, then put those three back. 5. Take pictures of the before and after, just like you would when renting an apartment. This is so if there is ever a question of how you found and left your venue, you have proof. 6. If you get to your venue and find it unsatisfactory, call the service number of where you rented the venue and let them know how you found it. You won't find someone on a Saturday, Sunday or a holiday, but the sooner you let someone know, the better. And this is where the pictures will come into play. Take the pictures, it'll be worth it later, if necessary. 7. Know what you're renting. There's nothing like renting a building and thinking you're getting one thing, and you end up with something else. 8. If your venue is a hall or banquet room, you'll likely have a little more peace of mind. There will be a crew, maybe, COVID, remember, who will check on the room from time to time. But the guidelines above still apply. The biggest one here, is the spills. 
If something gets spilled, inform someone immediately. This is to prevent damage to the venue and possibly harm to your party goers. Nothing ends a banging reception like a trip to the hospital because someone got injured. 9. Make sure you understand what is required of you and what the venue owner sees as their responsibility. Whether it is the park system or a private location, you will be responsible for some things while they are responsible for others, as the business owner. They'll likely have some kind of insurance. Ask to see or have explained what their insurance covers in the case of the public use of their venue. No, being drunk, acting stupid and running headlong into a 2 times 10 wooden beam most likely would not be covered. What I'm saying is what you think might be covered, might not be depending on the circumstances. Do your due diligence and ask. 10. Make sure you keep track of your contract for the venue. This will explain all the terms and guidelines for use of the venue. If you read the contract and something seems to be missing like the insurance question above, ask. The worst thing that can happen is they look at you like you have two heads and say, I need to check with my manager or I don't know. Your contract should also outline what you're getting in the way of a venue. How much that venue is costing you. And what any additional charges are should your party damage the venue. If any of the information mentioned is missing, ask. It could be that the contracts are being rewritten because the venue owners made changes and it was an oversight. Always ask for a copy of your contract. Get it either as a hard copy or from an email you can print off, but you need a copy. It is for your protection. 11. Ask what your recourse is if the venue is overbooked and another party is given your venue at the same time. It might sound silly, but overbooking has happened. You'll want to know what you can expect, should this happen. If the venue tells you something that sounds fishy, like, we never overbook, or if that were to happen, we'd have to investigate how it happened, then think twice about using them. I'm not saying don't use them, but make it very clear that you want to know what your recourse is. Ask this question, if you overbook my venue and I'm required to give it up or share it, how much of my money can I expect back? Well, I hope I haven't bored or scared you too much. I look forward to helping you should you need it. Be sure to leave a comment. By the way, I apologize for any comma splices or run-on sentences. I try to be careful. Grammarly doesn't work on some parts of WordPress, this is one of them. Reverend Barb